This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker, with my co-host, Kim Walker. Today, we're going to be talking about our story of radio advertising. Before I get too far into that, I want to thank our sponsors, RepairPal, for sponsoring the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. Learn more about RepairPal at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. This podcast is coming out of left field. Yeah, it's a story I've told a long time ago, and I can't believe we've never covered it on the We find that we actually talk about it more often than I think we would ever have because Mm -hmm. there are shops doing this, but just not the way that we did it. Yeah. And it's also for me, I don't know why it's, I mean, I'll be fine, but it's an emotional story. There's some sad parts to it, maybe some surprising things, but we're talking about radio advertising. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't usually talk about radio or TV because... For most shops, it's expensive. There's too many variables involved in it. It's not like there's just one radio station out there that you pick from and you get the same thing from all of them. And it's not super easy to track. Yeah, but it works. We found a way. Yeah, but what I mean when I say it works, it like radio advertising works. If it were, if it didn't, all of these big brands out there would not be doing it. You turn on the radio and people are spending a lot of money. Every time you hear one of those advertisements that lasts like 30 seconds, I mean, on the low end, that advertisement costs like 35 bucks and that's cheap. And you get on the high end with a major radio station, that one little 30 second spot could cost $500. Well, things are different though. When we were doing it, like today I'm driving down the road, for example, I'm listening to XM, mm-hmm. Sirius, probably on... Kenny Chesney No Shoes Radio. I look over and the song title is there and Kenny Chesney's name is there. And then it goes to a commercial. And now the phone number or the website is on my screen in the car. Now I'm not, I can't click it and make a phone call or go to a website, but they just added the element of visual to the audio. And so we didn't have that when we were doing it. But now I think there's an even higher level of, I don't know, retention there. When we talk about radio, it used to be that we were just talking about AM and FM. And but now we're talking about AM, FM, Sirius XM, Pandora, Spotify. And then there's podcasts, which I'm going to lump that one in here. Podcasts are basically radio that anybody can do. And if you have a local influencer, local podcaster, Why not? What we're going to talk about today will absolutely work when it comes to that. Let's go back to what got us into the radio. And for me, leaving my career in education and starting to do marketing that I had no idea what it meant, right? Mm -hmm. I I jumped into all the local things. And eventually we got to this point where it came from one of our own customers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was when we had our very first shop. We had a, a client. His name was Jack Boston. And Jack drove a old Mercedes 126 chassis, a 300 SD. It was a beater. He was so proud of that thing. He did. He loved that car. He would come in. This was in the early days of my shop. So I'm the one turning wrenches. I was the service advisor. I did have a tech at that time, but it was usually me working on Jack's car for some reason. And Jack would come stand out in the shop with me while I was working on the car. We got to become really good friends. And I mean, since then, 
I didn't allow that stuff to happen throughout the the years in our shop. Only special people. Yeah, there were some people that reserved that right, and Jack was one of them. But Jack was a local DJ. Actually, I come to find out later that Jack Boston was not actually his real name. That was his his radio his name. His radio name. But we're going to stick with Jack because that is what he went by. He would always tell me, he's like, man, you need to let me do some radio spots for you. I'm like, Jack, I don't think we're ready for that or I don't think we can afford that. And we were moving our shop. We started out in a, a pretty... Rat hole. Yeah, it was... It was a... Just call it what it is. It was a pretty janky facility. Garbage. And we ended up moving right across the street from the richest zip code in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we had an amazing facility. And when we did that, we knew we needed to, to fill it. It was just 20,000 square feet. And we, yeah. we were Wouldn't going... We have like 10 base bases we needed to fill up. Yeah. We needed to fill it up. And it was like, okay, Jack, it's time to do this. And, but, and he had told me, he was like, there's something very specific I want to do. Before we do that, in the meantime of evaluating whether we wanted to do that, which I don't know how relevant this would be today. It would be a good experiment, but we started paying attention. I think we even had it like pen and paper documented. We had our technicians checking the radio stations that Mm. the client's cars were programmed onto. Like when you turn the car on, what, what are they listening to? Today, for me, most of the time, I'm plugging straight into CarPlay. So. I don't know that you could necessarily, if that's really going to be relevant today, but it's it's good to just check and see. But we found what we were looking for, that it was worth checking into. And it was funny because Jack was originally on FM radio. It was like a oldies or like classic rock or mm-hmm. something. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he ended up getting a promotion to the AM radio. And you would think that, that's, that's a demotion. You but. would think so, but this was 680 yeah. AM which is a, it's the biggest AM radio station between Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. And it had huge coverage area. And they talked about sports and politics. It did just so happen that when we were checking all the radio stations, that was the one that people were listening to the most. And we didn't have, XM did exist back then because I had it in my car. Yeah, Um, but not. But it was not mainstream mainstream at all. Right. So. And you could still like, I mean, my car, I get in, turn it on. And you have to select the source. Do you want AM, FM? Do you want XM Sirius? And it's different every single time I turn the car on. So if somebody yeah. were testing mine, it would it would not ever work. Yeah, but it did during this time. It was like by far, most of our clients were listening to 680 mm-hmm. FM or AM. So it was like, it just made sense. But Jack had told me, he was like, look, I want to do something very specific for you. When, when I do your radio advertising, he said, I don't want to do a pre-recorded ad. I want to do an ad where I'm just talking from my heart. It'll be a live endorsement while I'm talking about something. When something comes up in the conversation that makes sense that I can relate to Peak Automotive, that's what I'm going to talk about you. We were like, okay, let's do it. And then we got pricing on it and it was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is expensive. So we signed up and it was only three spots. That was a Her risk. Week. It that was. was definitely. We I remember being terrified. But we signed up for a package with three one-minute spots per week. Now, getting a bit ahead of myself. We signed the contract. Mm-hmm. Within days after the contract, we get a call from Jack. Jack says, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this. I have leukemia. It rocked us because, I mean, this is a, Jack is a friend. We have those clients that were like his friend. No, Jack was a friend. 
we were already in a contract at that point with the radio station. We had to do the, the advertising. Jack says, look, there's another guy on the station that you need to use. His name is Bill LeMay. Have him do your advertising for you. He's a great guy. He'll take care of you. I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't, not he does same. not know our business like you do. Or us. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a clue who we were. We had never Jack met. not only knew our shop, he knew you. Yeah. And he had gotten to know the other people as well. So it was just on an intimate level. Our friends at RepairPal are making today's episode possible. Don't lose work to your competition. Today's consumers check pricing during all stages of the repair process, before, during, and after. Did you know that 81% of them do online price comparisons before making a purchase and customers that check your price after they've already authorized the work do so after calling the competition? But RepairPal, the largest auto repair network, has a solution. Their fair price estimator tool can be put on your website to help you build trust with consumers up front to demystify price, help educate consumers about what's involved in the repair, bring you higher web traffic, and prevent your customers from calling your competition. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more about becoming RepairPal certified. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's RepairPal.com forward slash shops. So we agreed to let Bill do it under the agreement that he would bring us his car. Bill, Be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Yeah, Bill brought us this, I think it was at 84? I think it was 84. It's somewhere in the 80s, a Camaro. It was another beater. And I don't know what it is about radio hosts and beaters, but... Be these, careful what you say. I'm going to share this with him. These guys, <laughs> look, that Camaro, Bill, if you're listening, that Camaro was a beater. <laughs> we brought it in. I told Josh, one of my techs at the time, which Josh came from a background of working on a lot of domestic stuff, I said, go through this car. I don't care what it needs. Whatever it is, fix it. Do it all. And we did like $6,000 of repairs to that car and did not did not ask for a penny from Bill. And when Bill picked it up, he could not believe the car that he got back because all the stuff that was bad on it was the stuff that, like you feel, it had a broken driver's seat. The shocks were were worn out. Door hinges were bad. And we like, we did all of it. So, Which is a he, lot of body work. We were not a body shop. <laughs> but when we gave him that car back, we basically gave him a different car back and he was blown away, but he had experienced the customer service, but also technical proficiency of what we could do and how much of an impact we could make on a car. That's when this was before he ever started. So then he started. He had a lot of questions. It really piqued his interest in, wait, why are these people doing this? Who are they? And Mm -hmm. so he really, it triggered a lot of questions in him and he really took the time to get to know us, which is what we talk about all the time, right? Your marketing should help people get to know, like, and trust you. In order for him to speak from the heart, a live endorsement about working with us. He got it without us saying, you need to know, like, and trust us. Bill got it. And yeah. he was like, hold on, I need to know more. And I love that he he asked a lot of questions. He was like, what is going on here? Yeah. This became one of those advertising things where it was like, it's, it felt like every new person that walked in the door. Yeah. That, and they wouldn't say, I heard about you mm-hmm. on the radio. They would say, Bill LeMay sent they me. They didn't say LeMay. They were like, Bill told me to come. And we're like, Bill who? Because this was in the beginning. And even though our service advisors were were trained and they knew we were doing advertising with Bill LeMay, they weren't yet accustomed to, Bill told us to come. Bill told me to come. Bill told me. Bill t- it was over and over and over again. We're like, what? 
is going on here when we're asking Bill who? And they're like, Bill LeMay, Bill LeMay, Bill LeMay. It was really mind boggling Mm -hmm. how often it was happening. And these people, y'all, they did not know Bill. No. They They didn't know him. But they felt like they did. They were listening to him on the radio and they felt like he was their friend. So when they're saying Bill told me to come, the way they were saying it was like it was their next door neighbor or their brother or their coworker. Like he connected with people on a level through the radio that just blows my mind. But there's a name for that today. Yes. Yeah, it's called influencer marketing. Yeah. Influencer marketing doesn't have to be done through just the radio. We really should do an episode on influencer marketing. Yeah. But influencer marketing could be your local mommy blogger. It could be a local podcast host. Just anybody who has influence, in your case, in a particular geographic area. But remember I said we had three one-minute spots. Funny thing about that is people would, they would say, I hear your radio advertisement three times per day. Mm -hmm. It was three times per week. There's some technical marketing term for that because it was such a, such a phenomenon the way that it happened. It was supposed to be a 60 second spot, but sometimes he would ramble on for three minutes about us. When it doesn't, and it's not recorded, people are just talking from the heart. Yeah. And it's his show. Mm -hmm. You have that ability and You've given it to them. You've given them creative freedom to just say, when you when you have given your all and you've treated people right and you've done the right thing, you're going to feel more confident in giving someone the creative control and freedom that we gave Bill. And he really, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, this is our show. Our sponsor is Repair Pal, and I can sit here and talk about them all day long. And there have been multiple times on the podcast where we will stop and we'll talk about our experience because it's real experience. Mm -hmm. We were a repair pal shop back when repair pal was a new thing and it worked very well for us. But when somebody talks to you from the heart about that experience, yeah, I mean, it's a whole lot different than just having those recorded advertisements. So that's, that's what we're getting at. It's, it's that part. It's the live endorsement that if you want to have a, a successful radio strategy, Here's the bullet points on that. Check your client's cars and see what they're listening to. Kim, don't let me forget to come back and talk about satellite radio. Ask them if there's a particular personality. Because just because they have it on a a certain station, you don't know what time of day they're listening to it. So you don't know who the people are. So ask your clients, is there someone that you listen to? I would even say, I mean, this is sometimes like in the past, there have been times where we're like, how'd you hear about us? Oh, the internet. Nope. Somebody just marked internet and they didn't really ask. Did you do a Google search or did you see it on Facebook? I would say, leave it open-ended. Literally ask, what do you listen to when you get in your car? Because if you're planting a seed, you're already pointing them in a direction. If you say, who do you listen to? I'm going to say Kenny Chesney or I'm going to say Fox News or, or whatever, but leave it wide open for them to answer. And then if they say, I listen to XM Sirius Radio. Okay, well, what channel? Like, I would start broad and then narrow it down. And then go make a deal with that station or that personality. Get them to bring their car in for work. Turn them into a raving fan. And then let them have the creative freedom to do what they want to do with your advertisement. All right, when it comes to satellite satellite radio, I'm not 100% sure if they already have the... I know they have the capability to do this. I don't know if they're actually doing it or not. I know that some of like Pandora... Some of the streaming services are doing it and they like Hulu television. They can do it. I don't think Sirius XM does this yet, but don't think that just because it's nationwide that you can't advertise on it because with the technology that they have now, mm-hmm. 
they know where people are geographically and they can like on, on Pandora and Hulu and all that, you can be sitting there watching your Hulu in the evening and get an advertisement for a local business. And the person that's 50 miles away from you is getting a completely different advertisement at the same exact time. That's why every once in a while, especially like on YouTube, when the commercials are over, it'll say, have a Zen moment and it'll sit yeah. there for like five seconds because some of the commercials might have been just a hair longer than the others. Right. And they're just filling time at that now, point. Now, I want to throw one thing in here that we didn't plan to talk about. You mentioned sometimes with regard to radio, it's really a brand awareness thing. And it's hard to track in that situation. Yeah. But if you leave people with a call to action with your xyzauto.com forward slash. Bill. Like, <laughs> right. For us, it would have been Bill. Right. And you've heard this before. For example, Kenny Chesney, I'm talking about a lot of times the advertisers on there, it's visit XYZ blah, blah, blah dot com forward slash No Shoes Nation, right? Mm -hmm. Or Kenny Chesney. So those things, like we talk about repairpal.com forward slash shops. That is how they're tracking is, is our sponsorship working, right? Yeah. So you can do it with phone numbers too. You, you get a dedicated phone number, tracking number. Use that for that advertisement. Yeah, whatever you do. I mean, and again, this stuff is expensive. Don't just leave people with abcauto.com. Literally create that page on your site that you're driving people to. It's not difficult. Talk to your webmaster. It's easy to do. So I'm going to leave you with a little story about Jack that really, it has nothing to do with marketing, but Jack was a client of ours still. I think this must have been 2006, 2007 when we started doing the radio advertising. In 2008, if you've listened to our story, we ended up closing our shop due to a road construction project and some other things. Again, episode two will tell you all the details about that. Jack's car was sitting in our parking lot and he was still fighting leukemia at the time. I just brought the car home, put it in my garage, told him whenever you're ready for it, I'll bring it to you. Jack ended up passing away. His wife called us up and said, Jack wanted you to have that car. Nobody in the world knew at that time what we were going through. We were in bankruptcies. Kim had a Cadillac Escalade she was driving at the time. We turned that in. I had the Duramax Dually. Oh, yeah. I let that go back. And I had nothing to drive. We had our old faithful ML320 <laughs> that we nicknamed Lazarus. That had become um, our parts vehicle at the shop. Yeah. So that was our one vehicle. Which, uh, by the way, it finally went to car heaven at <laughs> 330,000 miles. I could have kept it going further, but it was time to just let it go. But that car came to me at the perfect time because we needed two vehicles and we had no way to do it. We were broker than broke. I almost used a different expression that Peyton would have used just now. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Carm would be cutting that out. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'm like... Pete doesn't say stuff like... It's a political reference, okay? I'm going to leave it at Go that. On. Anyway, that car came to us at the perfect time. I drove that car for years afterwards. And Jack, he didn't just give me the gift of being a friend, but it, I mean, in the end, he gave me an incredible gift of that car that I needed so bad yeah. at the time. Yeah. World lost a great man with Jack. But anyway, thank y'all for listening. Thank you, Repair Pal, for sponsoring this episode as always. Again, we're just one of five or one of a handful of podcasts on the aftermarket radio network you can find out the rest of them at aftermarketradionetwork.com we'll hope you listen again next week and until then go fill those bays 
You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.